Oh, how's it going, Gail? That's fine. Looking good. Looking good. My speaker not working. Oh, because oh, I, I turned it down. <laughs> Hi, Elena. Hi, beautiful. And look at Jillian with her new hat from the Big Apple. Looking sassy. <laughs> nice. So we can hear you. It's a little bit of static, but you sound good. Okay. Was it easy to get on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Here's my wonderful co-host, the host of the most, Dr. Burroughs. Hello. Looking good, looking good. And I just made you co-host. Look at the ladies, always on time. There you go. Yes, Our ladies. before time, right? <laughs> I'm going to cl close my room. My yes, yes. And, and everybody, please make sure you grab yourself some tea or water, okay? So you're hydrated. We'll talk a lot today. Look at those, look at those mountains. <laughs> Reminds you of home, our, our Alps that we share back in Europe. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. There you go. And Yolanda, we share the same Alps, right? Yes. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Okay, I'm glad you were able to make it, Julian. Just Thank you so much. Y yes, yes. Um, so <clears throat> let's give a moment to everybody to uh, hop on. Was it easy, Katrina, to hop on? Yes, quite easy. Can, can you hear me all right? I have a... Yes. Obviously. Yeah, yep. very good. Very good. Very yeah, good. I have my so ball here. All the gear, I hear you, Christine. Oh, my. <laughs> yes. Jillian, you're back. I can't. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Oh, I can. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Yolanda, good, good. So, um, my emails don't end up in your spam, huh? Oh, wait a minute. They no. don't? No, okay. Okay, good. I'm glad. You may need to resubscribe. I don't know why you're not getting them. Uh, no, I... this is my headset. That's why. <laughs> okay. Uh. All right. And we got the UK, two representatives from the UK, two yes. from Switzerland, one from the West Coast. I'm from and then Jill from the East Coast. Okay, so we had uh, more people registered, but uh, while we're waiting, I will um, post here in the chat box possible, possible uh, ideas Dr. Burus and I had for you all and to, um, and to really thrive with your business during COVID so, and your team. So here they are. So if you want to put some of your neurons into them and read them, and then we'll start um, in, a, in a moment. So and while we start, maybe if yeah. we can find about a little bit what Gail does, what Yolanda does, what Verona does. Oh, that's a uh, good idea. Gillian. 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 Okay. Gillian. With a Gillian. soft G, soft, soft G. 
Oh, Jillian. Jillian, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I made Flowers. it. Ki, okay. ki in Italian means uh, Lily. Jillian. <laughs> okay. okay. So people are coming in as we see. Yes. Mm hmm. Okay. So we got the question. So, Yolanda, what do you do? Uh, I'm just about to build my own dream builder coach business. Oh, a dream coaching business. Yeah, dream builder coach. Coaching business. So uh, this is brand new. I was certified on 20th of September. Uh -huh. I'm about to build this business now. Excellent. Yeah, very good. So yeah. what about uh, Jillian, now that I can pronounce your name correctly? <laughs> Hello. So... Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear oh, great. you. Um, I'm a real estate agent here in New York City. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. so and I, what, ki yes? uh, what, kind, what kind of buildings do you uh, buy and sell? Residentials and mm -hmm. homes. Mm -hmm. Okay, residentials. So mm -hmm. thank you. And what about Gail? Gail? I'm in the UK. Okay. Um, I have a, a large network marketing business, uh, health and wellness, lifestyle. Aha, uh -huh. marketing business, right? Network marketing business. Okay, great. Thank you. I, I don't think we heard from Veronica. Yes. Hi. Hi, Veronica. Yeah, I'm from London. Okay. Uh, I am in a, a property business too. Yeah, uh -huh. I'm... And also mineral business. Oh, how interesting. Yes. Okay, great. So we have some new people here. Let's see. Fufet. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Fufet. Please forgive my pronunciation. It's okay. It's, uh, the H is silence. It's Phuket. Phuket. Okay. Phuket. So Phuket, what do you do? I'm in network marketing and um, in the financial services. Mm -hmm. I live in California, um, United States. Are you in the United States? Okay. Uh -huh. That's good. Quite and, an international yeah. group. So I want to add on um, coaching in personal development, like uh -huh. uh, yeah, self-improvement in the group to add on, and then, but also bring the network marketing group into it too. Yes, okay. Excellent. Excellent. So newcomers here. Michael, you have to Hi, unmute everyone. yourself. Hello, everyone. Hi, Michael. Yeah, so I'm a gardener uh, working in uh, Melbourne, Australia. I set up mm -hmm. my own business about 10 years ago, and it's um, I've just tried to do things a bit differently, as well as complying with the high standards that our gardening in the city does have in many places. Mm -hmm. and, and it's uh, uh, going quite well. Okay, Michael, congrats. And what about uh, Varada? Hi, uh, I am in Atlanta. I'm a retired physician. Uh -huh. I call an avid gardener, uh, currently enjoying the tower garden. Oh, excellent. Gardener. Okay. And here we have Matt. Matt. Hi, Hi my name is Matt Shelley. I'm the CEO of a Disability Services Nonprofit in Rockland County, New York, which is about 20 miles outside of Manhattan. 
And I also do some investing on the side, some property investing. I've gotten pretty good at investing through an IRA vehicle mm -hmm. and uh, been working with Elena for a while and gotten to know some people on this call as well. Okay, wonderful. You're, you're working with the best, Dr. Elena. <laughs> That's good. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, I think we got... Uh, Everybody, um, yes. Yeah. So let me officially introduce um, Dr. Katrina Boros, and then I'll type her um, little summary so you see um, who she is, where she's from, uh, her creden amazing credential, and, um, and she's got some surprises and for us as well. So Dr. Katrina is the CEO of Excellent Executive Coaching and is known for fast-tracking leaders to the C-suite and beyond, and for transforming brilliant jerks, she'll tell you about it, yeah. into inspiring leaders. So, um, so basically client, Katrina just enlightens leaders to empower coworkers to walk the extra mile. She's a keynote speaker with the National Speaker Association, internationally, global leadership, and has worked with Fortune 500 companies such as Nestle, the World Health Organization, which is very famous these days. <laughs> so, yes, um, yeah, she was most recently featured in Mexico, India, uh, and also Kazakhstan and Russia. Um, now we recently are at war uh, in Armenia, but um, it's, an, it's a different country that sounds like Kazakhstan, but not quite the same. So <laughs> Dr. Boros has 20 years of experience as the first master certified coach board members from the famous International Coaching Federations. And please let me help you uh, give a huge and warm applause of welcome to Mrs. Katrina Burroughs, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful to thank be you here. Thank you for being with us today, and uh, thank you for helping us out. Yes, as you can tell, we're all business owners. Um, Ashley, welcome. So good to see you. <laughs> um, and, um, and so, yes, um, uh, you're so good. Why don't you take it from here and see What's the number one uh, topic in uh, people's mind, in our entrepreneurs and, uh, and uh, CEOs here today's mind to move them forward? Elena, who's going to yeah. start? Uh, yes, yes, you, you, you go for it, Katrina. So what is the biggest issue now? Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. So what I find uh, with the executives that I'm coaching is uh, it's a little bit of a wait and see, even though they try not to, because they want to know uh, how they should, they're downsizing to some extent, probably making less money, about 25%, uh, lucky if you can maintain, but otherwise, and sort of waiting to see how, how much they can sustain without uh, an increasing revenue. That's a little bit what I'm seeing. So what, what they're taking away from this COVID is who are, are thriving in this situation that can work alone and be self-motivated? And what are their team members that are a little bit panicked 
and uh, their productivity goes down drastically. So these are kind of the issues they're struggling with. Yeah. Okay, very good. So, and I'm seeing the same as well. So um, let's see, um, out of these um, eight topics that you all have been saying throughout, throughout different meetings that you're interested in, where, where would you like to start? And then we'll do a ground robin and um, Dr. Burush will help me facilitate because she's got a lot of tools in her um, tool belt. Feel free to unmute. And we can even start from the number one to just to get context. So how to build your ideal team during this pandemic. I know a lot of you um, like Ashley is uh, starting, starting new teams in new countries, right? <clears throat> Some of you had to fire and rehire because of COVID. I know uh, Gail did uh, in the UK, right? That she just um, recently reopened her clinic. So um, can, we, can we start here? Give me thumbs up. Okay, good, good. So, <clears throat> okay, perhaps um, our, um, our expert here, uh, Dr. Burus, can give us uh, a little bit of uh, uh, proven tools that has been working for her and her clientele, and then we can mastermind around it and then before we go to the next topics. Okay, so I'm going to just show you a few tools that I have. Uh, uh, first, uh, how to be more strategic uh, with your conversation with your boss, if you have a boss. Uh, maybe also it gives insight, if you're a coach, uh, how to help a leader get to the next level and have that discussion. Uh, that's one, one tool. And then the other is really uh, different ways to evaluate your team, who you're going to promote, who you're not, and, and see um, certain employees have taken more energy from the CEO than really giving energy. So if that's of interest, we c I can show you one that's uh, in my book, The Managing Brilliant Jerks, which is basically uh, how to have a better conversation and get to know your employees. So here it is. I don't know yes. how to share my screen. Yeah, you should be able to share your screen. I made your co-host under yeah. share screen. Okay, so let me do that. Okay, now, where is it? Excuse me, uh, so much for that. Million team members, here we go. So here is something, it's a framework. Uh, it's basically, I did this this morning with one of my executives as he had a difficult time because it's the end of the year He's going to take a bigger and better position next year. So he's been uh, um, promoted to, uh, he was CEO, but now his partner's leaving. So he's going to be sole CEO and he wants to show that he's going to take this leadership. So he had repositioned his team, promoted some, didn't do others. And one that wasn't promoted was very, very affected by it. And, uh, uh, wanted practically walked out. So uh, the advice what was given is like, okay, he's uh, there's a fight, flight, 
freeze mode of reacting like animals. Okay, so if we do that simplified version of reaction, what is uh, your direct report, who is senior direct report, reacting? Well, he, was, he left the table when he was told that uh, he wasn't going to be promoted and someone was going to be put above him. So that's the flight mode. He didn't want to come to the end of year meeting. Uh, that's also a flight mode. So what did I suggest? Uh, one was to tell him, look, uh, probably he's upset someone's being promoted above him, but also that you didn't really, he mentioned that he didn't want that person as his boss and you didn't really listen. So why don't you listen to him now? Of course, what the, the CEO wanted to do, first thing he wanted to do is say, no, he's got to come tomorrow. He has no choice sort of a directive. Instead, uh, after discussion, he realized that maybe he should just talk to him, uh, listen to him and see what is the underlying issues, what the person, how he's motivated, what he wants and uh, what he found out when he did uh, decide to do that, put his ego aside, not tell him exactly what to do with a sort of parent-child mode but go and talk to him and listen to him. And he found out it wasn't really because the, the leader, uh, this, this uh, direct report had somebody above him, but it was because he wasn't listened to. And here's a framework that I, I worked with him and said, okay, what is this person thinking? What's his vision? Uh, you know, what, what, where does he see himself? Here's the heart. What is he passionate about? So what he found out that he's not really passionate about his work, but he's very concerned about his teammates. So it's more on the emotional side. Uh, he found out that he plays the guitar. He likes, likes the, um, uh, to write articles and read his book. So then he realized that he had been in the past giving him articles to write. But I said, okay, if you want to connect with him and have him be perceived as someone beyond what he contributes to the company, you need to know what he's passionate about, uh, music, uh, what books he likes. So that was a realization that he knew intuitively, but it wasn't at the conscious level. Yeah, and then, that makes yeah. sense. Before you um, go to the next step, that this is very helpful. Let me just sh see by a show of hands, how many of you have been in a similar situation with your office mates or affiliates or uh, associates let me just see yeah so most of us have been in it yeah at some point or another and it could happen um in the near future okay thank you thank you dr bruce okay so uh please if you have a comment or an experience that you've lived through this uh don't hesitate to interrupt and give your experience and uh, uh give an example of what you've lived through Okay, uh, I'm just use, using this as a tool. Anyone has a, wants to share their experience? No? Okay, so let's go on. Uh, yes. So here the arm is what do they want to do, uh, basically. What are they actually doing between what they said and what they do? So what are they actually doing? It might be aligned, but it might not. Also, a way of seeing this is if the, the CEO has an alignment of where he wants the company to go, is the employee doing in alignment with that vision? 
Mm-hmm. So it's, it's uh, is it aligned or is there a gap? So it's a way of the CEO to think of his direct reports. The gut, this is very important and often bypassed by leaders is what does this employee fear? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, in the COVID, it's particularly interesting to know what do they fear? What does COVID, what has it provoked in their apprehension? Uh, in this particular case that I'm talking of, it's that he was fear of rejection, that he might lose his job, uh, and uh, that his teammates might not see him as a team player. Uh, during COVID, yeah? Dr. Burroughs, so that everybody can relate. This is also applicable to, let's just say, you know, um, um, contractors or associates or colleagues, because some some of uh, the audience is in network marketing, so it's likely a different a different structure than corporations. But I would think the group dynamic and team dynamics are exactly the same because we're all humans. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And it's always good if you want to have a deeper level discussion is maybe not express it, but know what the other one is really fearing mm-hmm. and have that, whoever you're talking, even if you're your partner, uh, to, to be able to intuitively see and think about it. It's not always evident right away, uh, but... Uh, once you get away with that, you can orient the discussion to reassure the other person to develop the trust level necessary to have a more deeper discussion. Okay. Very helpful. Okay. And of course the legs is where do they want to go? What are their ambitions? Okay. So what are their ambitions? Uh, What would they like to do? And for it to give back this, have at least one case study and this person didn't, didn't really think he needed that promotion and thought his colleague was a better person because he didn't feel that he was prepared enough. So in fact, that he had somebody above him, put above him, was not the issue. It was really the issue of being listened to and respected and gain mm-hmm. some recognition. Any comments, any person that has had an experience such as this and where do you think you could uh, use this uh, framework to help you get better conversation okay so i hear i see that uh, i think both myself and matt have got something there so perhaps uh if matt you'd like to go first and i'll i'll come after thank you brother michael you're always gracious on these calls (laughs) (laughs) um I like this model, although head, arm, and legs is what I typically do, right? What are you thinking? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? I really like the heart and the gut. I like this notion of what are you passionate about? It's like a no fail question. Everybody's passionate about something. So that, that tickles a real aha in me. And with what, with what do you fear? I love it. And I can picture it being difficult to elicit that, especially from a direct report, when people want to look good and be seen as competent and whole and put together by their boss. So I'm wondering what tips and tricks you might have for getting to what do you fear? Because it sounds like a really rich area to get to. Yes, um, I'll answer quickly that. If you know what they fear, you can, uh, like this person was lack of respect, 
he had a, a relationship, uh, a difficult relationship with his father and saw the CEO more like a father. Uh, so fear of rejection was uh, very strong. Uh, it could be different things. It could be in the COVID that, uh, that they feel that now that they're not in an environment of where everyone sees what they do that they think they're not doing as well as, or that they're not productive or they're slacking off because when you're interrupted by kids, uh, you know, you, uh, you, you aren't as productive. So that's, that could be that fear, but it's really, it's by the simple fact you put down, what does this person fear? Then your thinking goes down. It can be different things, but it's like, okay, uh, I'm, I'm looking out for signs. And sometimes you may be wrong, and that's where you got to be very careful. I don't think you can say, oh, what's your fear? You can probably bring the topic more indirectly. And once, but to get a deeper relation, to build that trust, uh, you have to address the fear in a sense. So how to address it, it's a little bit hard to explain in a vacuum, but I can give you this case study of this morning is his fear of rejection uh, is to be reassured that he's a valued member in the company, uh, that uh, uh, they need him, that he has a role to, uh, for, he, he used to be someone that was coached by the CEO, but now he's learned a lot and the CEO can give him credit that he is now able to train the next person and as, he, as the company grows, he can find something. So it's like reassuring him. I'm not sure that answers your question, but in that particular case, is a, it's an example. No, Did I you appreciate your follow-up comments. Thank you very much. It was very helpful. Okay, Matt. What about... Thank you. Uh, um, yeah, if I could quickly uh, jump in and ask. I do this stuff with people all the time. I've been trying to build great teams all my life. A lot of it, I think, is at the recruitment point because if you dis you can discover things going down this journey to get to know someone, but you've already given them a job, uh, you know, by choosing them. And I find it... I get to the point where I discover things that I don't want to know. And I also realize I'm breaking my own rules in management that I studied to become too friendly with the employee. Because what I find, I mean, I'm talking more, um, they're not just laborers, but they're people that I need to assist with gardening services and they've got their own private lives and they don't want to bring any of that into it really, because quite often they're very uncomfortable about factors and circumstances. They just want a job. I understand this reassurance of people's important and getting to know them is really important. And I, I love this profile for building a good team or knowing this stuff and having it fit in with how you, how you treat the people. But uh, I have a real challenge that as I go down this, here's the question, as I go down the journey of exploring this more to solve an employee problem uh, or a business partner problem, it seems to weaken the strength of the employee employment relationship which is you have a job to do you have to do it you know for the money uh as you go down this what do you really want don't you like doing that can we make it different for you uh all right we'll do this part in the first half of the job and this part in the second half because you have told me that you're not warmed up properly for this part and you end up changing things to try to accommodate and sometimes they're not 
you can't get to the bottom of the real issue and you're just running around in circles. Okay, you make a good point there, Michael. You know, uh, you see it as uh, being weaker by adapting uh, to that person. It could also be seen as leadership agility. The more you know about your, the person that reports to you, the more you have knowledge of their particular issues and, uh, you know, fears or whatever, the more you can adapt your leadership according to what you want strategically. So it doesn't mean that you become uh, soft, and, uh, but it's more like, um, yeah, he would have said, you just got to do that. But since he had a father-son relationship with him, he would have had passive resistance or revolted because he sees him as a father, you see? So going through this process is not, is not uh, having less demands of what the output should be. It's really how to adapt your leadership and have that leadership agility to the person you have in front of you. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. The, pro the main problems I have, I think a lot of people may relate when you're working with people is the younger people. You've got this, we used to just call it Gen Y. In, in Australia, what we've experienced is a lack of attention to detail, a lack of, of prioritization about reliable on time, uh, a lack of um, a whole lot of work ethics that used to be you'd lose your job if you didn't have them. You know, we saw it come in, a, in the bigger, more corporate sense in things like IT, wearing jeans and things like that. It, it got to the point where it was such a casual thing and in marketing that these people were worth so much you didn't have to do any of that. But what's, what seemed, a lot of people are noticing is the standards are going down and as a result of which productivity goes down. And um, we really need great productivity and teams of dedicated people that meet that team with some startup qualities to get through this COVID reopening, business expansion. We need to, a lot of employment needs to happen. But when people are uh, underprepared for employment uh, with the standards and do, do you know what I mean? Or am I moving it too much to an employee focus than a business partner focus? Uh, sorry. No, no, not at all. It's, uh, uh, you know, we are in different situations. But what is your fundamental question or, or apprehension about this tool? Well, after all my experience in life, I, I believe I started out being the most touchy-feely kind of open person uh, with everything I tried and all the people I tried to work with. And I've ended up getting it that the only way to make things work is to pull more authority. That's really complex. It's, it's like the reverse direction of modern trending empath focus, you know? It's like trying to establish a real working environment that has high standards and full respect for the people, full respect. But productivity is uh, lost sometimes when... I understand this is all about getting more productivity by being an agile leader and being effective with the people. But how much does, does the person running a business need to flex? And is it more important to just recruit appropriately yes michael recruiting appropriately is always important in this case uh maybe you know that's what it's very hard to give a generalization because in your case maybe you had to position yourself much more as a leader because you came in more as a friend than a leader uh, yeah. and the, in the case that i'm talking to you today he came as an authoritarian leader and basically the risk in his case was that the, the employee has passive resistance or gets into the pile, uh, 
a father's child. It's you can't generalize. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I guess simply what I'm saying is um, there probably needs to be a class B operational area where the people that think you can go into a corporate environment with uh, too many father problems are, are really in the wrong place. Ah, but we are. You see, I'm not sure I, I agree with that. I, I deal with uh, brilliant jerks, and brilliant jerks are highly um, conditioned by their education. And it's not because they're, of course, they're brilliant. How I define them, they're brilliant because they add value to the company, but they're interpersonally blind, and that's where they become jerks. Uh, so if I said, uh, you know, they're brilliant jerks, we fire them, they're no good because they're not going to change. Uh, I wouldn't do what I'm doing, which is, yes, they have value for the company. To what time and how much time would the company give them before they need to change their interpersonal skill set? And I think uh, if they're not narcissist uh, or really, uh, you know, psychopaths, I would say, uh, if you can transform a brilliant jerk to be more self-aware and more socially aware to, to be, and then help them change their behaviors to get better output. So yes, that doesn't stop from what you say that at the hiring, you got to be good. But I'll tell you, if you can figure out all this on the hiring, you'll know much better where to place the person where they'll be the most productive. Because if this uh, if this person was not particularly, although he's in finance, he was not particularly motivated by money. He's much more about the interpersonal. So if he wants to make him more productive, he knows that he's got to put them in a place where he can train people, where he can make a difference interpersonally. And it's not by coming with a bigger paycheck that he's going to motivate him more, and yet that would cost more to the money. In this particular case, he would have to give him more recognition, probably in front of public or by a title, and not even give him an increase in salary, you see? So basically, it's really tailor-making uh, what you can do with these people and not necessarily give them more money, but satisfy a certain need. And any other comments from anybody can else? Can I add a comment to that? This is yes, Ashley. Please. Thank Hi, you. Ashley. Hi, I'm, I feel Michael's pain there because I know that when you're leading people and you have all of this leadership theory and you know that you want to motivate according to how you're supposed to motivate, make people feel good. And, and it's, it's really about being other centric, I think, as a leader. Um, and, you know, I like the um, head, heart, arm, gut, legs model. That's interesting because it really focuses on the other person and what is motivating them. And, you know, is it, you said the finance guy, not motivated by money. You need to find that out in order to give the motivation. Um, and I think that part of the art of leadership really is keeping that machine going and at the same time, tending to your flock, to, to use a metaphor. And um, But there's a balance and you've got to also keep that machine going. If your person, if your brilliant jerk, I love that expression, by the way, um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't use it to their face maybe, but um, right. very, very apt. Yeah. Um, but I think if your brilliant jerk is coachable and has the a degree of self-awareness that will allow him or her to 
enter into that dialogue um, willing to improve and understanding that there is a problem here. That's great and there can be hope for improvement and evolution. At a certain point though, if you have a brilliant jerk who is that narcissist or that is is just really so unaware or unaware and unwilling to bend or collaborate or evolve, then that's a cancer that needs to be surgically removed for the sake of the wellness of the whole rest of the body, in my view. Like you just, you can't die on that hill every time, in my opinion. No, I agree. Totally. Totally. But I think for me, just quickly on that, it all comes up to how much it's costing you to, to address what, you, what you're dealing with, as opposed to starting fresh. Yeah, and cost can have, there's lots of different currencies there too. Absolutely. So yeah. what do you think are the cost of uh, uh, some brilliant jerks for the company and the people? I think a lot of the steady people are really put out by people that uh, are getting too much special consideration because of their, what they like and don't like to do and what, what they really, where they want to go in life and how they want to go about things. The culture gets really affected by it and you and i don't like imperializing i'd rather a natural culture but you know i've i've I found it hard enough to get one great helper and when i put two of them on at once i found it very difficult now where i'm headed with this is no recruitment under age 40 and that's crazy because it's heavy physical work how can i write off all the young people because they cannot function because they have a lot of orientation problems commitment problems and ultimately dad issues Authority issues. I grew up with authority. I don't love it. You need it sometimes when a person can't respect it. For example, with a police officer, if a person thinks they can insult a police officer, I mean, that at 101, that person, all those thousands of people, they're all employees. Do we coach them or what? So what are the costs? What are your costs of not having an, a young employee in your company? Okay. You've said well, the cost yeah, they right. have caused, but... What, what's, the, what's the consequences of not having any young people in your group? It's a well, uh, I think the, the challenge has been uh, to not straight recruit older people. I think the, now that I, because I've talked to other businesses in my industry and they've all reached success by policy, what I'm looking at with just not going there. They, the young people are better off in what we call cowboy businesses that do things cowboy ways and nobody cares. Okay, but uh, not, if yeah. I force your thinking against your will, how's that? Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. I know you can meet the challenge, so I'm going to go for it. Um, what's, uh, before you decide to not employ anybody under 40, uh, what are the consequences of not employing somebody under 40? Is there any consequences? I think possibly succession becomes an issue. Okay. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, we can't all just get old together, but then 40 will be the new young if we're all 50, 60 and we get more forties in, you know, I think it's just that it's, that there's an, an out of life experience and attention to detail that a person has to fall over and hurt themselves in order to discover some of that. And all the people I'm dealing with, they're like, they're, they're in, um, been raised up in cotton, cotton buds, you know, they, they're, they're, uh, with, uh, training wheels on. And they think that their first job is, is entirely for their benefit. They, they just take, 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 take. And 
they lie at interviews and they lie about what they want. And I'm intuitive enough and I'm getting stronger and stronger at saying, listen, you know, you might think you want to work for me really hard five days a week and give me the first day at no charge and show me how hard you can work and just give me, say everything right. But I've been down this before. And if I've got nothing out of that first day other than cost and loss and mental stress, you haven't given me anything and you've just made it harder for the next person with the same spiel. Okay. Okay. So anybody else, what is the cost of having a, a toxic person in your company? Or team. Or team, yes, absolutely. Me, it's huge. Having um, a large team of people in, well, for me personally, five different countries. If you've got one person that's on a, a global call like this, is global, that puts out that bad energy, it really takes the whole team's head out. And you've really got to establish the strong people and uh, the weak people that are talking out of fear, which comes with that uh, bad energy. And yes. really take them aside, to be, not take them aside as in, but you really need to get to the root of it because otherwise it can literally disrupt the whole energy of a call. Uh, it, it doesn't happen, but I've seen it happen in a room of people more so than um, on a call. But now that everything is uh, virtual, and obviously working globally, it's virtual. But um, keeping energy high is one of the hardest things right here, right now, in the life situation that we have, because people are getting the lethargy, they're getting weary of the whole this, that of situation. And so if you have someone that is more of a fear-based person, it... Um, it can be challenging to really help them. You make a very important point that in this kind of insecure situation, someone that has emotional intelligence is even more important to reassure and get them productive and backed online. It's a very important uh, point you make. And uh, well, there's, you, uh, previously Michael mentioned that you don't have a successor, but you also, there's lack of creativity that because people won't give ideas to someone that's toxic usually. Mm -hmm. And um, then there are the, the problems and the issues don't surface as quickly. And you as leaders, if your employees don't come to you with the issue that they see at their level, then you can't resolve it and many of these uh, brilliant jerks, the issues surface only when it's a crisis and they can't avoid telling you because often these brilliant jerks, you know, they, they shoot the messenger. So, so uh, lack of time to resolve issues, lack of giving new ideas how to improve, um, costs of successor, as Michael mentioned. There's, <clears throat> there's uh, health issues, higher turnover, uh, there's absenteeism, there's presenteeism, you're there, but you're so upset by the, what the boss told you that you can't really function. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of intangible costs uh, that take place. The other thing is, just I'll give one and then we'll go back to the question, Elena. Yeah. But um, the difference between a brilliant jerk and uh, an inspiring leader is a brilliant jerk, when you come with a bad message, they criticize the person and tell them how incompetent they are. 
but don't really tell them uh, and leaves them feeling diminished or depressed or with a feeling of they can't really do it. Well, the inspiring leader that has high standards, nevertheless, uh, he will stand back, look at the situation, say, has this person not been able to do it? And therefore, we need to adjust the project, make it smaller, or give him a mentor, or give him more training? Or has this person been unwilling to do it? And then it's a motivational issue. So that what they can do, instead of, oh, this is bad news, and they fight, which is, tends to be the brilliant jerk's preferred reaction, or triggered, they're triggered. This one stands back, thinks about it, what is the best thing to do strategically? What is the situation? And one of these, uh, the situation, the head, heart, and all those thinking issues about the person, what is the long-term strategic benefit if I adapt my leadership to get that strategic benefit? And sometimes short-term, it takes time, but long-term, it's much more profitable for the company. Very good, thank you. And uh, we're gonna to go to another question uh, to wrap this up. And I, and I talked about this with uh, Dr. Bruce before. Uh, I think you all agree that each and every one of us can be under stress, if triggered, a brilliant jerk at one point or another in our lives, yes? whether we are aware or not, I'm sure we all have been. Yes, okay, I'm sure we all have been. So, um, so this, this is actually a very good tool for all of us. So thank you so much. Uh, just to be considerate of the time, and then uh, Dr. Burus has some surprises for us at the end. Um, out of, we, we thought you'd be interested in some of these questions, so we just addressed number one, but maybe by, uh, maybe let us know if number two, two three, four, five, six, or seven, or eight, uh, is, uh, or there is something related that we can use. Dr. Burus, genius. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, here, how to, how to evaluate your team. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going <clears> to <throat> uh, share my screen. Can you see my screen? Yeah, we can. Right now, it's uh, vertical instead of horizontal. Yeah, how do I change that? Uh, let's see. What are our IT people? <laughs> it's yeah. a, there you go landscape. orientation good job okay landscape nope not okay uh, does anybody know i think this is the no, it's okay no it doesn't uh okay <sighs> we can still read we can still read don't worry so so these are tools to give uh what what's your team member okay uh, shall we keep him in place? He's a high performer, okay? And he's the pillar of the company. Uh, shall we keep him in place because he's a high potential? In other words, a high potential, he needs to be in that position to learn a certain amount of things before he's moved. The high performer is the pillar of that department, and so you keep him there. So these are the thought process that you go with your team members. Then uh, then you, there's an individual that you keep, but he's not, you're not using his skill set to the, to the best of his capability. I gave you a, a previous example where he's more interested in conceptual work, maybe not finance and commodity building. So he's, he wants to keep the person, 
but probably shift him into another position where his skill sets can be done. Then it's replace high priority, someone that is detrimental, like Michael said, he's young, he's, uh, he's rude, he's, uh, he doesn't respect authority, he's reacting on authority, and he's disruptive to the whole company. I just want you to know that uh, 18, there's a statistics from the Center of Creative Leadership that 18, uh, 40% of leaders fail after 18 months in a new assignment. And the big cause of that is the lack of adapting to the culture of the company. So mm -hmm. I'll repeat, the Center of Creative Leadership said 40% of leaders fail after 18 months because they don't adapt to the culture, okay? And then here, uh, it's replaced the person. They're, they're not doing very well, uh, but it's low priority. They're not doing damage, put it that way. Now, these people today in this kind of environment are more likely to lose their jobs. And so here you can use this tool as uh, a tool for when the good times and also uh, people are using it now that uh, they're downsizing and they're looking at this more closely and who they need to let go. So that's a little bit of a stressful. Do we have more time so I can show another tool? Yeah. Yes, please, please. Thank okay. you. Thank you so much. You're so generous. Okay. Here, I'm so sorry about this. I, I, I'll try to... Um, let's see. Lay out. No, sorry. Can you see? Can you get an idea or should I put it yeah, bigger? Yeah, we can see. Uh, you can make it a little bigger, sure. So sure. here it starts by when a person is in a new assignment or when you have direct reports is saying, what are their learning, uh, what are their learning goals? What questions do you have about that leader? Uh, what's your assumptions? So Assumptions is what you think about and you haven't uh, verified it or you haven't questioned it. So um, that's uh, that later you say, ah, I think this person is, is scared of uh, going out to meet new clients and uh, that's why he's not performing. So that's an assumption until you verify it and you discuss it and see them in action. And how, if you want high potentials, what are the learning methods? Who, who do you think is a high potential and how are you gonna develop them? Okay, so these are our templates. Some are useful, some are not. You use it according to what is best for your, your clients. Uh, let's go to another one. Thank you, very helpful. Uh, evaluation template, here finally in the right size. Uh, so here, this is more of a, a personal. It's, you, you put the personal and say, first of all, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? And how confident are you on this evaluation? So energy, are they a source of the right kind of energy? So what one of my leaders uh, found out when he was doing that, he found out that he was controlling so much his employees that his energy was sapped. And so this helps him to see where 
is there a newbie that he needs to give a lot of attention? And where is the person that he should begin to delegate because they know their job and now should be doing it by themselves so that they can free time to be more strategic? And then here, uh, how do you evaluate their expertise? Are they superior representatives of their respective functions? Are they really uh, top of their notch expert or their, the beginning? And you evaluate this on a basis of 100%, how much do you give to each this? It forces them to give some kind of evaluation. How, how carefully are they matched to the situation? in what situation will they be most effective and uh, uh, that you're placing them in? Are they in the right position? And I showed you in the previous one, no, they're not in the right position, but they're very valuable people, but they should be in another role where they can be more productive for the company. And then teamwork, will they be effective members of the team as a whole? Uh, this is also, if you work with teams, you need to know, are they team players? Uh, what do they contribute to the team? And so these are just templates. And remember, they're only tools. And but uh, that helps sometimes structure the, the, your client's uh, perception of the situation and how best to direct their direct reports. What's their strengths, what's their weakness, and how confident are they? So sometimes this confidence in the assessment makes them go out and verify, ask around, and you can use this before you do the end of year evaluation of your team member, okay? So that, uh, uh, are they just uh, doing an assumption and, and leaving it at that, or are they gonna verify their assumption go and speak to different people, try to see during the year what he's done uh, to show the amount of energy, the amount of expertise, if he's a good match and all, and ask others. So these are just some of the tools, but I wanted to show it to you so that it helps in this COVID kind of environment. Thank uh, you so much. And we will be giving you credit, Dr. Burroughs, uh, when using these tools. Yes, can I have everybody's um, promise on that? Thank you, thank you. And Dr. Burroughs, some of us have small teams, but many clients. Can we, can we adapt these tools to uh, clients and uh, also customers and to, to assess them huh, how they're doing? whether we want to keep them on as clients or not. <laughs> well, definitely the energy, right? Some clients yes. sap your energy and some give your energy. Uh, yes. So especially as coaches, you want to be aware of that because if they sap your energy, there's something wrong. Uh, you know, in the beginning of my career, when they sapped my energy, I was trying too hard sure. uh, to take care of them. Uh, without letting them the space to think it out. And, uh, have Perfectly. and yeah. we have two brokers here. So, uh, and I know you also um, love real estate, Dr. Burroughs. So uh, that applies to um, real estate clients as well, right? For our brokers in Miami and New York City here. Uh, yeah. Well, let them say, tell me how you could, you might adapt this. Uh, yes. What instrument would you adapt to the real estate. I mean, that's a, that's a leap because this is mostly yes. very good. Very good. Okay. One, uh, Jillian. I think this is absolutely invaluable. I think this is awesome. I mean, I'm getting a ton of value. I'm taking, you know, notes. I 
drew the little guy. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it, I think it's awesome. I feel, I mean, I'm a real estate broker. So, and I have a team of agents and a team of, um, you know, professionals that works with me, lenders, title company, insurance people. Mm-hmm. And so I find, uh, I mean, I've been working with, by the way, first of all, I apologize for, for being 10 minutes late. It's okay. You're but, most welcome. But, you know, I think that's one of the biggest, you know, value that I get out of, you know, uh, Elena and you now um, is just this insight into dealing with humans. That's um, amazing. I feel like I'm a real, I'm like a full-time real estate broker and a part-time therapist. (laughs) So, you know, when I'm, I'm dealing with somebody who's an investor who naturally has fears of overpaying, buying at the wrong time, or a seller, or you know, or a family. It, I mean, there's just always so many um, emotions involved, and I think this is uh, this is invaluable. I was curious to know, I guess, from your perspective, if you could help it, look, or at least me help me differentiate the last two in, in your last image you showed to replace high priority or low priority. Uh, like to replace a team member in which okay. case would that be like high priority like is that somebody that you just have to get rid of right away is that what you mean or yes high priority reason? is that it's really destructive to the company for example if you have a brilliant jerk uh that's in your midst and then people be, but has has risen to the top of the company and then people emulate it you know they think huh that's the way to get at the top and stop emulating that aggressive behavior, then it probably is a good time to do something about it. Uh, If you have a client that is uh, giving you a lot of, uh, you know, sapping your energy and you feel exhausted, you might think, huh, how can you better manage? Can you work more with the the assistant? Uh, Could, uh, is there something in your approach that you can change? Could you find what they're really fearing underneath and address it in one way or the other. Uh, but in, in, in a team setting, if it's, it's a high priority and they're destructive, it's just to move them out, mm-hmm. uh, basically. And if it's a low priority, well, they're not the best person for that situation, but they're, they're still coming along. Now, some, some uh, executives that I, I work with, they, they say, ah, yes, I've gotten, I, I, I furloughed a lot of people, but basically if there's really someone good, now I have space to bring them in. If there's someone in the market that's outstanding, I will hire them, you okay. say. So it's also managing the resources, the human resources you have. So if you have too many clients, what are the clients that you want as VIPs maybe increase your salaries and what are the clients that uh, take so much energy that in fact, you're not really making that much money because they're, they're just soaking all your energy. I, I think that's, yeah, I think that's a brilliant uh, assessment. I find the same thing with both with my clients and with my agents. Right. Um, and sometimes I really have to step. I literally was just doing it yesterday. And I think that's why this is so relevant to me. It just, it was perfect. But I noticed that I was spending all this time with a couple of my agents uh, who are nice and I'm spending a lot of time with them, but their productivity is very low. 
Mm. And by the same token, I have, let's say, another agent that I spend very little time with. And sometimes I think she's not trying, uh, she's not participating enough, but for all practical purposes, her productivity is actually really high and she requires very little of my energy. So it's actually a plus Perfect. for me. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to tell her. Right. So, it, tell her. so I think that's why I'm so excited about, you know, like this has just given me a lot of context because I, I relate to, you know, Michael's perspective a lot, right? Like I tend to be, Elena knows that I'm kind of a perfectionist. Um, and so sometimes I'm, I, I expect that out of, right, my team members, but I've found that some of the team members just are not motivated by money. They're motivated okay. by yeah. flexibility. They're motivated by, you know, like I have a lady who is, contrary to like what Michael was saying, right, he was complaining a little bit about the younger generation, right? I have a lady who is semi-retired, and so she's just not very motivated by money at all. She's, mm. she's, she's just not, but she's highly motivated by helping people, and so she's brilliant, literally, at that. And so I was able to like, position her in a way where she is basically our showing agent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. She gets a kick out of showing properties, and it's, it costs me personally very little. And she gets you know, huge uh, value out of it. So it, it's tricky. I, I think this is, this is awesome. Great. Wonderful. Is, is, there any, is there another broker in the room that would like to yeah, make And this home? applies to you too, Veron, in the, in the UK, because uh, you are brokeraging land um, and some other, some other goods. Uh, lower, uh, lower yes. your, um, there you go. Your camera. So see okay. you. There you go. There you go. Yes, I think, I think this can apply to, uh, uh, some, to, to, to both investors and and also the the suppliers yeah because each person have a different uh, personality and sometimes sometimes is is the uh, the personality by understanding their fear and what is the emotion underneath i think it will work much better with them and it's sort of like building a better rapport with them and so you will be match matching the opportunity much better that way yeah great Thank you. Thank you. You anything to say for the Big Apple? <laughs> well, I was, I was just thinking, why, listening to everyone, and um, when I get into like difficulties with it, like draining energy, just energy suckers, then I just try to, I don't know, I'll just flip it on them and ask, well, what is your perspective about, you know, if it's a home, or what is your perspective? perspective about having an ideal home what are you looking for and have them talk and then I guess that's what you're trying to say have them tell me what's going on that I know if I can help them or not help them and then mm -hmm. I just be transparent <laughs> that works for me <laughs> okay great wonderful I'm working with a uh, coaching client who actually happens to be a realtor, real estate agent. And uh, we started talking, like Juan was saying, you know, about different personality styles and behavioral needs. And the way we act, the way we behave is rooted in our needs. And so your colleague who loves to show homes and just absolutely is 
fueled and motivated by that activity, you know, that's awesome to play to her strengths. And my client was illuminated when we started talking about different, um, different personalities and working with different personalities, even within her own office. She's actually an introvert. So the salesy, outgoing, big personality realtor types drive her absolutely nuts. And so when we looked at, okay, what's driving that behavior? What are the needs there? And like Jillian said, you know, you tell me what you're looking for. And then let me serve your needs as the realtor, as the salesperson. And in any sales relationship, that's what it's about. It's not about you know, here's what I have. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I am. It's, you know, you're serving the needs of others. And so you have to know the needs of others. So I found that really illuminating and it's super powerful when you get it. And, you know, that's why we make our websites, not about us, but about what we're going to do to you, for you, to help your problems, to solve your problems, not do to you, but. Very good. By the way. um, Excellent comments. I've been wanting to introduce um, Dr. Burroughs and what did you call Ash, Ashley, um, uh, and you can do it later offline. But Ashley um, has got a company that is uh, Beyond the Wine. What is it? Beyond the Wine, and yes. it's mm. yeah, it's for wine lovers <laughs> like you. That's <laughs> and she's got vineyards in in the Alps too. Oh, really? That's <laughs> yeah. great. Great, thank All you. Right, very red good. Wine. Red wine included? Oh, red wine included, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> very good, very good. All right, so let's see. Popet, do you, you spoke a little less than anybody. I just want to make sure if you have any question or Kim. And then we have a newcomer. Where? Um, let's see, where did that go? Um, maybe dropped out. Uh, okay, so um, Popet or, um, or, or Kim, do you have any questions? And if not, um, Dr. Katrina Boros, you can wrap it up and tell us about your book, where they can find it, and your podcast, etc. Okay. Um, as far as questions, I, I don't, I'm just writing down um, what everybody's saying to understand. I think. Um, that's how my mind works. Is I usually write down, uh, write down, and I absorb, and just to really understand, and then to see to see if I have any resource that I encounter that I experience. I like to experiment thing on myself, and then to understand when I face situation. So when when Mike was mentioning about the situation he experienced, I was thinking about the things that I, I learned about expressing the win, like, you know, like Elena is always doing, you know, like what's the good thing past week that we do, you know, like, so the win is to, sometimes you forget to acknowledge our wins and to keep track of our wins. And then because of that, it built us to be a stronger, um, um, to be, you know, to appreciate the, our day and then, when we go out as a, a worker or employee or to go help someone, um, we're more focused and open to do. So I was thinking, you know, um, like if you have employee, but if, if they don't come with just helping them just reflect back to their wins and not to bring their garbage and things 
that they experience, you know, and it's their responsibility to take care of it um, outside of work um, first. But sometimes we just, sometimes as a human, we sometimes just have to acknowledge people do, don't have people to go back to help them acknowledge that. And just to throw like what Elaine did in her coaching is, what is your success last week? You know, just to help us reflect back on our wins. And so we could start over up the next focus of this week and next week. So, yeah, so I, I don't have any questions. I'm just writing down. So I appreciate um, Dr. Bruce for sharing all these tools. It's new to me. <laughs> so I um, definitely will look at into and review and apply. Thank you very much. Uh, just to make an interesting point, because I have a book where I write all the things I need to do, and I, I didn't used to put the accomplishments. So I said, oh, I, didn't, I only did 70%. I only did this. So now uh, I do all the lists that I need to do early in the morning, but I also put all I accomplished during the day. So sometimes you don't have a team like Lucky, like you have a team like here, and Elena, Dr. Elena, to remind you of your accomplishments. But then you can also write in your journal what that you accomplish. Yes, or, or have an amazing accountability body like I do have, Dr. Burroughs, and we do that <laughs> on beautiful walks in nature. That's Sex right. Feet apart, of course. But it's <laughs> great. Accountability, great. Uh, Dr. Burroughs, tell us about, about your podcast. Maybe you can put a link here. Um, and uh, maybe some uh, of uh, these amazing members here can be can be a guest speaker for you sometimes. Absolutely, and, uh, definitely. Everybody, make sure you get a copy of Dr. Buru's book. It's a must read. Have it on your uh, list of books. So my podcast is excellent executive coaching. A little pretentious, but uh, mm -hmm. on my website, I'm going to put these. Uh, these uh, pages or these yes, tools on my website. And here's the website, excellent executive. Give me 24 hours to do so. Uh, and Elena will tell you when it's out, okay? Uh, the, the book, Managing Brilliant Jerks, I'm gonna get you a copy if I can find it. Uh, nope, it's not in, I forgot to bring it in, but it's called Managing Brilliant Jerks, How Coaches and Organization Can Transform a Difficult Leader into an Inspiring Visionary. And it's an it's a easy-to-read um, book about the psychological approach of these brilliant jerks. Now, it's not for everybody. Um, it's for people that want to deal more with these types of... And it goes through a little bit by... Uh, you know, the process. I have a seven-step process of how to transform them. It's, it's not the easy cases. And uh, what else that you said? The book? Yes. The, uh, so the podcast, they find it on, uh, on your website. iTunes? Right? Yes. yes, on the web, a website. website. And, and I put the right spelling with one N for coaching. There you go. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so feel free to um, to get in touch with Dr. Buru. So you stay, you, stay, um, you stay in her circle and she always comes up with new fun research and studies. And, uh, and uh, yeah, Dr. Buru and I were going to do mm -hmm. a, 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 a physical mastermind with... Um, 
with more of these processes this year. But of course, with COVID, uh, we, you know, we haven't, but we will, we will next year or so, right, Dr. Burroughs? And in the meantime, yeah. we can meet virtually. <laughs> right, right. So, Sorry, I have to go. Thank you. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh -huh. Okay. So, um, the uh, podcast is called Excellent Executive Coaching. You'll see it on my website. I don't, uh, here, this, where's the chat? Here we go to everyone. So, it's really how to help people in different fields. If you uh, want to um, be on a podcast, uh, contact me. Now, we just remember it's a huge publicity, so be prepared. Uh, I ask you questions. I don't want to surprise you. I want you to show your expertise and uh, how you help your clients, basically. Uh, excellent example is really how you, uh, what's the pain point of your client and how you help them through it. Is there a cost to be a guest speaker on your podcast, Dr. Burus? Not, Not to your your group i'll offer it free okay thank you you're so yeah. generous i appreciate yeah. it everybody yeah. make sure you sign up for uh her podcast and if you feel like you have something to contribute to her big audience and your audience then you will be interviewed complimentary by dr burroughs who's an excellent 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 um She's the opera of Switzerland. Oprah Winfrey of Switzerland. <laughs> well, it goes to 10,000 people. Huh? So, but you, won't, you, you don't have to do it right away. I mean, I, take your time, do a job. If you have a book, it's better because we can promote your book as well. Okay, so I work with you to do so. Okay, so, okay, so that's great. I'm glad to offer that to you. Check it out to see what type of questions are asked and and what type of audience there is before him. Very good. Thank you. Thank you very thank much, you Dr. So Elena. And thank you for being here with us, Dr. Burus. You always lift our energy and uh, you're beautiful inside and out. Always have uh, something to offer and getting people's heart and mind right away. You've got a, a beautiful gift. And thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Dr. Elena. Thank you, everybody. Thank you all, everybody. Thanks for your comments and contribution. Thank we'll you. See you thank at the you. next monthly mastermind next month. Ciao. Okay. Ciao. Bye, bye bye. Awesome work, team. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.